forever. We haven't done this for a while. I am your host, Hemahe Muli Jr., and joining me today is the lovable Kanak himself, Zach Haken. What is up? Hey, uh, I am glad to be back, because like you said, we haven't done this in forever. In fact, um, we're missing I would say, somebody. well, one, we're missing somebody, two, it's been a minute. Uh, How long has it been? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And the impossible has happened in the last two weeks. We've missed a ton. Football season is in full-blown crazy mode. The NFL is crazy, too. Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion yesterday. Uh, Yeah. And even crazier, BYU beat Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Last week, BYU beat Wisconsin. And, like, we're still kind of living that high after BYU lost, but can't believe it um we just got to give a shout out to uh <clears throat> our dear friend the internet jesus sean walker he uh rest in peace he took the trip out to wisconsin he died of a heart attack during the fourth quarter of the game but he will come back three days from now <laughs> yes he will come <laughs> back in three days and in fact he has recorded a podcast i think it was on friday kind of a late reaction yeah um he was there uh, at the stadium for that historic win. We were not. Yeah, he still pretty got it on video. It was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, BYU Newsflash stole it from us, from our KSL Sports page, and didn't credit <laughs> us. So uh, thanks, BYU Newsflash, you thief. Whoever the F you are. Yeah, no, seriously. That drives me nuts when people do stuff like that. Like, so you work on something or you do something and then they steal it and they act like it was them who did it or like barstool sports does it there are a bunch of like different places that do it and it drives me nuts like just give someone credit just give someone credit it's it's the wild west out there man in content land um yeah so me and zach are back uh hopefully we can keep it going uh sunday nights slash no i i think we figured out how to operate the board we think. <laughs> we'll see so this is all for nothing. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with this episode and try and get it uploaded and all that jazz. But um, speaking of the jazz. Speaking of the jazz. Nice segue. Um, it's been so long since we last recorded the jazz start. This week. Media training camp. Media or training camp today. Is it today? Yeah, oh, this yeah, afternoon. This yeah. So poor Hema, him and uh, our other producer, Matt Glade, are going to have one heck of a week. Oh, Monday's going to be – or today's – well, it's, it's Monday. It, it's Monday. It's Monday. So let's it's list off crazy. everything that you guys have going on today. So we got BYU me- media days, usually Monday, like post, where we talk about – BYU's weekly press conference. Yeah. Um, so I'll go to that. At the same time um, – Utah usually has theirs too. Yep. And um we'll send someone to that. Then we've got jazz. Yep. Um jazz practice, Jeremiah jazz open. Is probably gonna go there. Mm-hmm. And then that's just, you know, before our actual newscasts. Well, and we have the Salt Lake shootout. Uh oh, the yeah. NHL preseason game right. being played at Vivint Smart Home Arena the tomorrow. Kings are coming. And so yeah, the Kings and is it the Golden Knights? I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me, but I know the LA Kings are there for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Kings are definitely one of the teams. So there's a preseason exhibition game for the NHL tomorrow at Vivint Smart Home Arena, um, and Matt is going to have to go down there at 10:30 and go cover skate around. Wow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be covering. We'll be doing live 
shots, I believe, at 5, 6, and 6.30 prior to the game for the Salt Lake shootout. Plus, we have stuff with Jazz. Um, And like you said, BYU-Utah. Utah State, luckily, is on a bye week, so not too much going on with them. Um, But... uh, yeah, it's uh, you know exciting for the Jazz to be back. Um, I know we're both looking forward to it. It seems like the season just kind of wrapped up. Um, yeah, it went by fast. Yeah, I think it's because the off season lasted so long, though. Yeah. Like we had a lot of moves. There's the will he won't he with uh, uh, freaking what's his face favors. No, no, no. Uh, oh, Paul George. Paul George. Okay. Like, there's that whole thing. Yeah. Obviously, re-signing the guys was a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, faves included. And, uh, yeah, um, it's crazy, but I think it's ever since we got Donovan Mitchell, the season just kind of extends itself. Well, I think the NBA is a 12-month-a-year sport. Oh, sure. Um, there are NBA headlines all the time. I mean, we saw it this last week with uh, Jimmy Butler um, Andrew yeah. Wiggins and Carl uh, Anthony Towns, like there's major drama going on in Minnesota, yeah. And Jimmy Butler, who the Timberwolves gave up a ton to acquire, might be leaving town pretty quickly. That's insane. Yeah. And like, I, I, I think he only like, played 54 games. I, I, it also helps that the NBA is like the most accessible, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say they're the most access, accessible pro sports te- uh, league? Yeah. Right well, now? and I think the thing too is like. The uh, the players just embrace that, and yeah. I, I I know that this is something that's just been going on forever. But like the NBA wants its content out there; it doesn't care who's posting it, yeah. um, as long as it's out. Yeah, as long as it's out there, it's spreading to a global market. They want it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. They want highlights. You know, um, heck, people get go crazy over like the outfits that people wear walking into games. Like that's a oh, that's yeah. a storyline. We saw that with Donovan Mitchell that like that was a story that like took up like a week. The whole rookie t shirt campaign. Yeah. Um and like the Spida T shirt that he wore. Absolutely. Like and you saw it with like Russell Westbrook. He was the one who kind of started the trend. But like when he was doing that, ESPN would have like a story every single night that the Thunder was playing. Yeah. The Thunder were playing. And um they would show like what Russ wore in the post game <laughs> press conference, and it's just like it's, it's so crazy. Great. Like we're so drawn into these players, and it's unlike any other sport that we have currently going. I, I wonder if it partly has to do with like because in the NBA, it's easier to recognize those guys than like NFL, more or less. I mean, obviously for sports guys, you can recognize whoever from the NFL, but I mean, right. in NBA, you're not wearing a helmet. Yeah, you know, there's a lot less. The roster's a lot smaller so the people that play well and these guys typically have longer careers too true um like they're also freaking six seven foot yeah they're gonna stand out giant guys yeah Yeah. um Um, like as far as you know nfl players to be honest like jalen ramsey might be the best corner in the league if i saw him in person i probably don't know what he looks like you know especially corners because they're kind of like normal guys yeah they're just they're like not super tall. They're not super huge. Yeah, um, they're probably just like super ripped. Yeah, you know. Uh, speaking of, uh, you mentioned a little bit about like outfits. Um, another reason why the the season's gone on so long. The Jazz revealed that they're bringing back the throwback purple jerseys, which I am super stoked. Oh, for. dude, I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, we had a chat about this on Thursday, but yeah, these things are awesome, and the Jazz still have one more jersey 
left to unveil. So yeah. I think the Jazz have six different uniforms that they'll wear this season. And I'm probably going to buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. They're so great. Like, uh, low-key, my wife kind of hates it Like when I buy jerseys because she thinks <laughs> they're like a waste of money. But they're not, though. Yeah, I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. But, like, I mean, the last, like, Jazz jersey I got was Trey Burke, and he left the team after, like, two years. So, yeah, that was a waste of money. But, like, Donovan's going to be here for good. Like, and I almost bought a Hayward jersey, like, his last season in Utah. So glad I didn't. Like, and (laughs) the cool thing, too, is, like, and I haven't uh, pitched this yet to my wife, but American Express actually has, like, jersey protection. Really? So if you buy a jersey... Um, and a player me? leaves the team, and you buy it with an Amex, then you can uh, like get the jersey it? swapped out. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's amazing. I know, right? I didn't know that that was a thing. That's yeah, really I just cool. found that out the other day because I was looking at NBA jerseys. Yeah. So I'm—I don't know if, if you don't know out there. I'm a huge like, I'm huge into like the design of things and like sports teams and logos and things like that. And I just geek over. Hema might be every... the most creative person I know when it comes to design stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I freaking <laughs> love that stuff, though. Like, I geek out every single time. And so, speaking of jerseys and speaking of the Jazz, like, it just keeps rolling. And it kind of goes with what I was saying with why the NBA, the Jazz season is so long to us. Donovan Mitchell has been making the rounds. Um, people have already seen this, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't know, this past weekend, Donovan was at uh, Utah State. He was in Logan. Um, Ogden. Or Ogden. Yeah. Logan Ogden. Yeah. Uh, pretty much to get his jersey because the week before that he was at Utah and Utah was like, yo, Donovan, come by. I got you. And they have this jersey. It was like an all black. It was the blackout game. Yeah. Blackout game jersey. Number 45 had Donovan's name on it. Utah State did something that I thought was really cool. They did. They won up to Utah saying, Yo, Buckets O'Neal, like we'll get you one too. Well, George's well, so the thing that's funny is, um, so Donovan went to Utah's opener against Weber State uh, with Kyle Kuzma. They were hanging out on the sideline together, um, and uh, Utah basically how this happened is Utah said, "Hey, we'd love to have you back anytime. In fact, next time you come back, we have some swag for you. So why don't you come back on such and such day? Yeah, um, we'll give you a jersey." And they posted it on Twitter the blackout jersey. Yeah. Come out for the Washington game. Which is a great jersey, but yeah, oh, it's fantastic. I love Utah's uniforms, but yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So, um, Donovan, of course, invites his whole posse. <laughs> this uh, he brings Royce O'Neal, uh, George Niang, um, who else? A came? couple of his friends. I don't know if Naz Mitru Long was there, but maybe. Um, I I know for sure Royce O'Neal was there. Yeah. Because there were a lot of pictures on social media of... It kind of became a meme. Yeah, of like Donovan getting a jersey and Royce just hanging out. And like, this, this isn't the only time this has happened. BYU sure. did the exact same thing sure. um, last uh, last winter. In the basketball game. At a basketball game, yeah. So um, former BYU uh, basketball player Elijah Bryant and um, Donovan Mitchell were friends in high school. They played against each other in prep school. They know each other very well. So when Donovan got drafted to the Jazz, he'd go and check out games that uh, Elijah was playing, especially yeah. like against big opponents. So he'd get the hookups, he'd get courtside seats, and he'd bring his his buds down with yeah. him like that are on the Jazz. Well, everyone's going crazy about Donovan and sitting right next to him, like and literally is getting cut off on like 
the scoreboard, the game broadcast, like all the stuff. Like, they like announce like Donovan Mitchell. But. Yeah, they announce Donovan Mitchell and like say, welcome to Utah Jazz player Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Sitting right next to him is Royce O'Neal. Who is last year was probably one of the best rookies if you don't count like yeah he was he was like, a top 10 rookie in the league last year for amazing. like what he's able to contribute and so it was just it was really funny that um that happened and like, i think there was another game where uh even ricky was there and oh, they said really? like welcome to like <laughs> donovan and ricky but like they didn't say anything about royce wow so i mean royce He's you cool. Know, oh shoot. He's he, cool about it. Yeah, like, he's really cool about it. But like, come on, we got to show him some love. And like, I, getting to Utah State, Utah State showed him some love. They yeah. printed him a jersey as well as Donovan and uh, um, uh, George Niang went up there as well. Yeah. And uh, those guys all kind of got the royal treatment. Oh and, yeah, they were um, like decked out. Man. Yeah, I mean they're superstars. I mean they're jazz players. They're superstars wherever they go. But uh, Utah State treated them really well and. Um, I'm sure it was a really cool experience for them and um, to get out and see, you know, some different parts of Utah that they probably haven't been to yet. The cool thing was, like, yeah, like, freaking Logan. Like, I'm sure none of them have ever been there. But um, a sideline reporter asked Donovan, like, hey, like, have you ever seen a crowd this crazy or whatever? He's like, no, it's it's been great. I, in fact, I've I've only watched Utah State's basketball because, obviously, when he was at Louisville, he would, like, watch the games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so I thought that was really cool of him to like, not only go there and visit, but he also like remembered, you know, that he had, you know, seen, seen a small university like, like that Yeah, on the big stage. So shouts to Donovan, um, making the rounds. He hasn't hit up a couple schools though. So I know BYU's kind of made the offer. They put it out there. Hey, anytime you want to come down. So how are they going to one up Utah State though? I think if they invite the entire Jazz team down what? and print off 15 jerseys for I don't know, I think against Utah State is when BYU's wearing royal. I think that's the royal out. Oh wow. So let's take a look at BYU's remaining home schedule and see if it works with um Jazz's schedule. So uh BYU plays Washington next week. We're going to get to that next. Um, in two weeks, Utah State on a Friday night. That actually might work, um, depending on sure, where Friday the Jazz night. are with preseason games. Play Hawaii the week after that, Northern Illinois the week after that. And What's then, the date of that Friday game? Sorry. Uh, the 5th. The 5th. Okay. And then they play BYU plays Hawaii on the 13th and Northern Illinois on the 27th. The 27th is too late because the NBA season started sure. by that point. I think realistically um, – those first few dates, any of them could really work. I think the the Utah State game is the most likely. It's going to have the craziest crowd. It's a Friday night against an in-state rival. I think that's the Royal out. I I can't remember what jerseys BYU is wearing that game. I'm pretty sure it's the Royals, though. They should because Utah State will wear their white, won't they? White or gray. Okay, either way, those jerseys are dope. Um, So the Jazz on the – Second October second, they play the Raptors preseason. So you know, three days later, um, maybe Donovan. Is it in Toronto? No, it's here. Okay, and then what? What's their next and then game? On the seventh, the Jazz are at Portland. Okay, so they so might have some time. Yeah, good. yeah, it might fit. So it might work out for uh, BYU to be able to get Utah yeah. f- to get Donovan. And I say BYU. If anyone in BYU marketing is listening to this. 
invite the entire Jazz team. The whole team. I know a lot of them are Utah fans, and they go to a lot of Utah games, like Rudy and yeah. uh, Joe, like all those guys, because Utah's the team just right up the road. Sure. But if you get them down there and you give them the royal treatment, they're going to start having some uh they're gonna start having maybe a little bit of a preference towards byu and plus like and it just opens the door yeah for them to have a positive thing to say about byu where utah's been giving these guys the royal treatment for years and, and I, I feel like byu does a really good job at like this branding aspect of their clothing of like sports in general i mean B, byu 50 is like christmas day to me if the, the the BYU 50 boxes that come out every year, that's my favorite part of the year because they have such cool swag and it's such a fun thing to do. I would say invite the Jazz, get get that kind of rolling, and uh, we'll see what happens. We might not make them into Cougar fans, but they'd have a great time anyways. I agree. I agree with that. So, but let's, so looking f- into let's, this week. Yeah. Uh, so BYU, it's a top 20 matchup. So just oh, so you guys crazy. know, BYU, after beating Wisconsin, to kind of recap, uh, I'm guessing you guys all know. I mean, it's been two weeks. BYU fans have been pretty annoying about it. So I'm sorry, Utah fans, that this is being brought up again. BYU fans, rejoice for the next five minutes while we talk about this. BYU yeah. beat Wisconsin on the road, number six, uh, 24-21. Just an absolutely crazy game. Um, it came right down to like the final minute, uh, a, a kick. Yeah, it Literally. came down to a kick, like at the final minute, um, and yeah, BYU gets it done. BYU gets it done, and it was just it was exciting. It was fun. We, I know, we enjoyed watching the excitement. Yeah. Um, and that was a big night for just local teams because the same night, Utah played Washington, and we were really hoping for an upset for the yeah. Utes as well. Although, I mean, although. Washington is really, really good. Utah's good, but, like, Utah – I mean, Washington was really good. Like, we didn't expect to come out of that weekend with any Ws, no. to be honest. <laughs> no, and I think um, Utah obviously has a lot to improve on, but Utah showed that Washington's beatable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that um, BYU has a really good defense, and so does Utah. Yeah. Um, I think that – BYU, I mean, at this point, BYU's offense is slightly ahead of Utah's because Utah's offense hasn't scored a touchdown offensively in two games. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because this was supposed to be the best, and I thought this, the best overall Utah team ever. I 100% bought into this, that Tyler Huntley was going to be back for another year as the starter. Um, He has Zach Moss, who is an absolute beast. Crazy. Um. Returning offensive line. Yeah, returning offensive line. And that just hasn't been the case. I mean, Utah's offensive line has struggled. It struggled against um, Weber State early on, sure. kind of establishing that physical presence. Um, really, really, really struggled against Northern Illinois. I mean, there was like one point in the game, I said this last time we recorded, that like on like four plays, uh, three of those plays, Utah gave up a sack. Yeah. At the end of the first half, like when they're trying to do you a two-minute drill marching down the yeah. field. And um, and then we saw it again against Washington. Like, Utah's – I don't know what's going on with Utah's offensive line because this is not what I've expected out of right. this group. They're really struggling, and Tyler Huntley just doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like he trusts his offensive line behind yeah. being back there. Um, 
and it's causing him to be a little erratic in the throwing game, and um, he's missing wide receivers. I feel like he is trying to, like, rein himself in and not scramble um, so he doesn't get hurt, but, like, his legs are a weapon. He needs to use them when he can, Mm -hmm. you know? And and it's not helping the case that, you know, um, Zach Moss isn't able to find holes because he's getting the, hit in the offensive back. line. Yeah. yeah, he's he's getting hit in the backfield. It's it it's not a good look for for that part of the offense. Um, one thing that I thought would be a game changer this year, especially, was uh, Britton Covey. Well, Britton Covey has been a game changer, been I great. think, but when he's the only guy, it's easy for a defense to key in on him. Which and brings me to like Washington's game. That's what they did. He, he literally they literally almost killed him. They. Took the, they took him out. I'm surprised that he times. was able to walk off the field under his own power because he, they literally beat him down and hit him and hit him and hit him so much it was until he was broken. And I got so much respect now for Britton Covey for what he's oh, able yeah. to endure because he walked and off he the walked off the field and he got up and he kept playing. Time. Like that kid has so much heart. It's not even funny. It's crazy. He's someone that every if every single college football player. Had the kind of heart that that kid has. Yeah, college football would be outstanding. Oh, we would have a ton of teams with a ton of studs, and it, I mean, obviously that's not possible. But <laughs> if if you know the starting quarterback and you know all the stars on any given team had like one tenth of as much heart as that kid does, yeah. and the toughness, I mean, that team would be a national championship contender. He, that kid is a stud. He he he's honestly he's the toughest football player I've seen play at the college football level. Oh man, and and. A leader, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, he he is dynamic, and I think Washington knew that, and so they keyed off on him, teed off on him, and that is kind of a reason why I think Washington came out with the W. Um, but Utah has had had a bye week this past week, mm-hmm. this coming week, or this week that we're in right now. They're they're gonna take on Washington State. Is this at home? It's at it's in uh, Pullman. Oh, it's in Pullman. So Washington State, uh, just for everyone's reference, mm-hmm. is coming off of. They're gonna have a little bit of a long week. They played um, USC on Friday night. I think it was Friday. Friday night, um, and they lost a heartbreaker. Uh, it was USC close. and JT Daniels uh, came back and beat Wisc- uh, Sorry, beat Washington State. Um, in the fourth quarter, and you know Washington State had opportunities to win. They were in it, but they weren't able to put away the game. Um, it's, well, it was like JT Daniels all of a sudden became like almost a veteran, like the way he was playing. Yeah, we saw so crazy. much growth out of him after two weeks of really struggling um, for the quarterback who should be a senior in high school this year. Right, he still um, should be. He's a, a teenager. Yeah, he's so. a teenager, and um, he just he looked really good, in my opinion, uh, against Washington State when Clay Helton and the Trojans needed it. Um, in fact, uh, the game came down to um, Washington State kicked uh, had a kick. Um, I'm looking to see exactly how much time was left. So this was to tie the game, uh, 39-36. Um, so as the clock expired, yeah, as the clock expired, Washington State's kicking the ball, and Jay Tufele, who is a former Bingham minor, yeah, uh, true freshman, blocks the kick. He was completely unblocked, wow. untouched. He gets a he gets a freaking paw on the ball, Amazing. 
and blocks it and saves the game. And he was uh, the player of the game. He got to lead the the Trojan fight song after the game. He stood up on the um, the tall uh, like stand ladder, whatever it is, yeah. and directed the band with a sword. It was awesome. <laughs> like what a cool experience for a local kid. That's amazing. Um, to go out and do that. And like, we've seen a lot of local guys, uh, this is just kind of a quick transition. Yeah. A lot of local guys really dominate, um, at a high level, especially in the pac 12, right. um, Penny Sewell, oh, yeah. uh, for Started. Oregon. He's starting as a true freshman. Um, uh, and this is a guy well. that kind of flew under the radar because he was down in Southern Utah, desert Hills. Yeah. Um, an absolute stud commits to Oregon and he's starting as a true freshman. And he's a beast. Yeah. But that that game was chock full of locals. Yeah, uh, your brother Houston Hamuli, yeah. um, and Brandon Fanica, uh, former Pleasant Grove product. Yeah, uh, starting at, I believe left guard for left guard. Stanford, and um, let's take let's take a minute and talk about that game because that was oh, that, that might have been the game of the week. So Oregon and Stanford. Oregon came into the week uh, number twenty. Stanford was number seven, um, and Oregon just absolutely dominated like the first. Three what quarters. three quarters of the game? Yeah. What was the score? Twenty four to seven. Yeah, twenty four to seven. Yes. So yeah, it's twenty four to seven. Yeah, and in the third quarter, uh, Oregon's marching with the ball, and uh, like in the red zone, like uh, on the ten or fifteen yard line, yeah. and Oregon fumbles the ball. It's recovered by Stanford. Uh, I think it was recovered by Sean Barton. Um, it was Joey Alfieri. But you were saying yesterday, uh, is it Gabe Reed? Um, the Tim View yeah. product was getting some time like down the stretch. A lot of time, actually. Yeah. And, and it was like a crucial moment for fourth quarter. Like Stanford's still playing from behind. And he I think he was like getting time in overtime in the overtime yeah. series. <laughs> in yeah. Overtime. That's crazy. He just got back from his mission last year. So I believe he redshirted last year. Yes. And he's playing, getting his first action this season. So he's a redshirt freshman. Um, He'll show up on, if you guys look, uh, he'll show up as a sophomore on Stanford's roster because Stanford actually doesn't award red shirts until... They become fifth-year seniors. Until, yeah, they become fifth-year seniors. Um, so they go by their academic year rather than uh, having a red shirt. But, uh, yeah, that was a great game. Ended 38-31 um, with a... Uh, well, at the end of the game... Oregon's driving to uh, kind of ice the game. Yeah. Um, and the running back fumbles. And so uh, Stanford's able to take the ball, march it downfield, and kick a field goal to tie the game and go to overtime. In overtime, Stanford scores oh, on its first possession. Right. Yeah, Stanford Sorry. scores on its Sean first possession. that fumble. Oh, okay, that's okay. That's the one he recovered. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> so it was a really cool um, experience to see – uh, you know, all these local guys playing on a huge stage on ABC, the primetime game Oh yeah, on Saturday night. And all these guys with ties to Utah are just dominating. It's so cool. Um, and uh, speaking of which, we had a handful of local players um, who were just dominating this last week. Uh, we'll start with the KSL game night game of the week. Um, American Fork against Lone Peak. Chase oh Roberts, the BYU commit. Yeah. Um, this kid Beast. is unbelievable i mean seriously like between him and gunner romney byu fans have a lot to be excited for yeah. in the wide receiver department unfortunately um it sounds like he left the game uh in the second half with an elbow injury so uh hopefully it's not too serious and yeah. he's able to come back but um it's a huge loss for american fork if he's hurt because 
uh, him and Boone Abbott have quite a connection, and yeah. um, they uh, Boone definitely uh, is looking for Chase downfield for a lot of those long completions that they are able to get. That's yeah. like a big part of their offense. Uh, the thing I like about Chase, and the thing that they're going to miss if he's out for a long time. Not only is he athletic as hell, he's also just a big body. Like, yeah. He knows how to use that body. We've talked about, uh, me and Zach talk about a lot of the time, of about people who have big bodies that, like, don't use it as well as they should. Yeah. And we always talk about, like, if I was 7'4", I would, yeah. I would play in, like, every single sport and I would freaking dominate. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And, but he's one of those guys that has the weapons, knows how to use them, is athletic as hell. So, Well, and he has great hands, too. Um, yes. I. I uh, covered American Fork at Tempview, I think, in week two of the season, and he's literally catching balls warming up with one hand. Like, he Crazy. looks like uh, Jarvis Landry out there. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, he's like, That's bless insane. him. Bless him. <laughs> you know? That's cool. It's pretty sick. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a he's a talent. But yeah. he might not even be the best wide receiver in the state. Probably not. Uh, I think, and you probably agree with me. No, oh, I 100% agree. Puka Nakua. Yeah. Insane. This dude is actually crap. What is this? You've covered three of his games. Yeah, and every single one of them, he had one amazing, just mind blowing catch that the average athlete probably wouldn't have a chance at making. Yeah. Um, this week, this past week, it was they were at home and they were playing Mountain View. Uh, Mountain View, uh, big game just because it's a rivalry. But let's be honest, I went to shoot the game and I expected to be there for the first half. Before the first quarter was even halfway over, it was like 35 to nothing. Wow. Yeah, it was a blowout. Well, Orem's so, really good, and Mountain View's really not. Really not. They're not. They're not. Uh, so I bounced after that game. Um, I got a Pukanuku catch. Very clinical. wasn't anything um, superhuman, but his route well, running. Well, for him. Right. Yeah. For him, his route running is so good that he puts so much separation between him and the DB that – It'll look like, holy crap, he's wide open. Like, And it's an easy throw for uh, Laga, Cooper Laga to make. <coughs> but super clinical, and that's not to say that it isn't uh, his extra special abilities that get him there. Big reason why he's going to USC. That's why they looked for him. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find the stat, but he's, he's leading, I think, I might be wrong, but I think he's leading the nation in, like, uh, catches at the high school level. I believe it because Orm like runs a spread offense and he's their guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you could, if you consider like you know big high school like IMG or yeah. like Bishop Gorman. Well, they have a lot of other day. weapons though. Yeah, you know that's true. Like Orm's going out there and dominating with like this like three. Not not that these are the only three good players on their team, but like they have three weapons on offense that are like all legit. Sure. Um, one's the quarterback, so he's not going to be throwing the ball to himself. Yeah. Uh, the and other is Sewell, yeah. um, and he's the running back, and he catches a few passes out of the backfield. He'll play like an H-back slot back And it's crazy because like, if you look at him, like Noah Sewell is like the running back. He is huge. Yeah. And it's Penny's like, brother that we just talked about. He's yeah. starting at Oregon as a true freshman. Noah's just huge. He looks like a middle linebacker, yeah. but he runs like a running back. Yeah, he, broke, he broke Braden Whistler, who I think is the best – all-around athlete. He literally ran him over. Like ran him over and tore his ACL. And so, um, yeah, it was uh, that Orem team's legit. legit. Um, and I, I, there aren't many teams that could give Bingham a run for its money. 
Um, but Pleasant Grove and Orem are the two that have been able to show that they can do that so far. Yeah, American Fork, too. American Fork hasn't played Bingham yet. Oh, they haven't. So uh, Orem and Pleasant Grove have both played Bingham. Pleasant Grove actually probably would have beat Bingham, um, except for uh, the quarterback, Jake Jensen, missed a wide-open Dane Christiansen, who's Pleasant Grove's best player, in the end zone with like 15 seconds left. He was like uncovered all by himself and threw the ball, and it literally, like, Dane Christiansen, who's a little guy, he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, <laughs> jumped up, and it, like, went off his hands. <sighs> so, kind of a heartbreaker there for Pleasant Grove. But, yeah, um, it's been fun covering uh, some prep football uh, recently. I mean, um, I had a great game uh, on Friday, Spanish Fork against Salem Hill. Spanish Fork came back after trailing 14 to nothing. And ended up winning, I believe it was thirty-nine to twenty-five or wow. thirty-nine to twenty-three, something crazy like that. Um, and uh, it's just it's cool to see, um, you know, a lot of these players get some recognition. Um, I mean, we're going to different high schools every single week. We're trying to cover every single high school in the state, yeah. Uh, if we can, and we're covering everything from two A to six A. Yeah. Um, we're giving a lot of love to all the teams that we can. Um, let's take a look, though. Let's kind of preview. So let's preview. Um, the prep games? games of the week okay. that we're going to be looking at. Um, and then we'll kind of circle back around to college football, do some previews, and then uh, we'll do our two new segments, uh, Zach's fantasy tips and then Hema's yeah. uh, movie uh, suggestions. But I've had two weeks to see movies. We'll see how many actually. <laughs> let's see how many he's seen. Uh, so let's start with the KSL game night game of the week. Okay. Uh, it's Olympus and Highland, um, which – I think this is a really good game um, in 5A. It's a 5A matchup. Highland's looking really good. Olympus um, is Highland team. blew out Skyline. Olympus might be like, um, kind of like this team that's going to fly underneath the radar yeah. um, in 5A because like Corner Canyon and Sky sure. Ridge are the kind of the main front runners. Yeah. yeah, and Roy's up there as well. Uh, those are like the three that like people are really drawn to, but like Olympus is like up on the east bench just dominating teams, like done. scoring more than yeah. 40 points a game. Um, and this might be uh, this might be um, Olympus's first real test. Uh, Olympus is coming into this game. Let me give you their record. Um, they are 6-0. Uh, and oh. um, The least amount of points that they've scored in a game was 28 against Lehigh. Oh, my gosh. Um, And Highland, uh, who they play, uh, Highland just dominated Skyline, which is like a typical powerhouse. Kind of a little bit down this year, but um, Highland is 5-1 entering this game. Uh, The one lost to Pineview, who Pineview's actually come up and beat quite a few teams in the Salt Lake Valley um, and uh, caused a little bit of a headache for a few different teams up here. but uh, going through some of these region matchups, Weber at Davis, I think, is going to be a key game um, for that Region 1 crown. Uh, those are the two front r- runners for uh, Region 1. Um, Davis did drop its opener to uh, Fremont. Um, it was actually the homecoming game as well, but that was a tight game. And um, I think Weber's the, probably the front runner in Region 1, but uh, it, the 2, 3, and 4 seeds are going to come down. It's going to be a tight race. Yeah. Um, region two, 
Uh, Hunter and Kearns, that might be an interesting game. Two really great backs between those two schools. Isaiah Afatasi, who is like the human highlight reel. Oh, my gosh. Um, it does it all. Yeah, for Kearns, he's a stud. Um, Region 3, West Jordan and Harriman, that's a key game. Uh, we're going to see a big matchup yeah. there. Um, Region 4, not really any great games this week. Bingham and Lone Peak, that's going to be a blowout for Bingham. Yeah. Uh, Westlake and Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove's going to dominate that game. Um, we might have seen the game of the year in Region 4 already between Bingham and Pleasant Grove. Um, but uh, Roy Viewmont in Region 5 is going to be a great game. Yeah. Uh, Woods Cross Bountiful, they play on uh, Thursday, I think. I think so. You're right. Uh, you know, underrated game, but that's still a rivalry game. They're yeah. literally like three miles away from each other, mm-hmm. the schools. So, like, no matter how down the teams are, especially in the Bountiful area, when they get together it's usually a really good match so Absolutely. i'm expecting that to be a good game on thursday um in region seven tempview and alta uh neither of these teams are the same powerhouses dominating the state yeah. every single year that they once were but this is still a big matchup yeah. um and i'm excited to see these two teams kind of duke it out Alta's um, been kind of making a resurgence in the shadow of like corner canyon and those yeah those bigger schools um so i'm excited to see what they can do against uh Tim View, not the powerhouse that they were, but they're still Tim View. Yeah, and um, another game that I'm actually kind of interested in is uh, Bonneville and Ben Lomond, the battle for Ogden <laughs> between two not great teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still find it interesting. I uh, always forget that Ben Lomond's a high school. Yeah. Like, you guys, if you are listening and you have any problems with that, just tweet at me at. <laughs> At Rod Zundel. Yeah. And uh, let me have At it. Sean Walker. <laughs> I don't know Sean's real Twitter account. but He has like five. Yeah, Sean has, it's actually, it's at actually DSW. Really? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. Because he has one that's And like, he has at Deshaun KSL. And there's one that's like at real Sean. I think he changed that. But I don't, yeah, some, it's like it doesn't work or something. Like so, that. yeah, Ben Loman, I forget, is like a high school. In fact, <laughs> I played a baseball game at Ben Loman when I was in high school, and we beat them like 26 to 0. And I remember, <coughs> so this is a funny story. When I was in high school, um, I would just do like little odd jobs for like neighbors and stuff to earn money, you know, because yeah. um, I was pretty busy with sports. So I had a neighbor, family friend who – own some apartments and I would go and paint the apartments for him. Oh wow. Um he didn't give me any equipment or anything like <laughs> like no protective equipment, like no oh, glasses or like he didn't give me like any tape or like mats to throw down. What? Like he basically just gave me like a bucket of paint and a sprayer. <laughs> and it was like go to town. <laughs> and so it's like the middle of July and me and uh my buddy are like locking this uh, apartment in Provo. <laughs> We don't have a car because he dropped us off, and it's hot because the AC is broken. Like and you're just inhaling, and we're just inhaling like all these paint fumes. So I'm like sick. I'm sicker than as can, I'm like sick as can be. Yeah, I'm dehydrated. So he comes and picks us up, and he takes us to Taco Bell to go and was get that your payment. Oh no, he was just no no no. He lunch. was just like buying us lunch, yeah. and so um, he took us to Taco Bell and then took us home. And so um, I went and got like fruit punch and I was just guzzling fruit punch uh-huh. out of the uh, soda fountain. And I literally drank probably like two gallons of fruit punch. <laughs> well, I have a baseball game that night and I'm still not feeling good. Yeah. And so I get up to bat and it's my first at bat of the game. Oh my God. And I step into the play. I'm leading off the game 
and first pitch comes in and it's like inside and I have to jump out of the way and I really was not feeling good like all through warm-ups right. like my stomach was hurting I wasn't feeling good I was dizzy um you after think. that first pitch I threw up all over <laughs> home plate like all over home plate it got like in yes. the catcher's shoes oh like everywhere but it was probably just pure high C or whatever it was pure high C with like some chunks of like Taco Bell like it was disgusting I felt really bad oh and my gosh did they have to stop they play? stopped the game yeah they stopped the game they grabbed out a hose and they kind of like washed it down and like Sad to say, like, this wasn't, like, an unusual thing for me. Like, I was known as, like, the puker in high school because, like, I would, like, every time that, like, I would work out, like, I'd always puke. Yeah, I would puke because of nerves. And I would puke because, like, I would always, like, work out so hard that I would, like, puke. I I would work out to the point of, like, puking. Um, Especially, like, if I hadn't eaten anything. So I'd, like, just, like, drink pre-workout without, like, eating, like, a anything uh, to like yeah. kind of hold it in mess you up. um and so i would like puke like every time like we'd go lift weights as a team yeah. um and that was just like m- the <laughs> running gag with me that like i was a puker and like i still oh, sorry man. this might be tmi but like i still like sometimes go to the gym and like if i like run too long without like eating yeah beforehand if and like my blood sugar is getting low and like i don't have energy like i'll puke and then i feel great afterwards and then i'll go having i'll go have a great workout um <laughs> It, it, this this is like my That's secret, hilarious. like is that I'll go puke and have a great workout afterwards. But um, yeah, that's my memory of Ben Loman High School. I literally puked on their baseball diamond, oh, wow. and then I got a pitch afterwards. It was that's pretty cool. So- <laughs> I, I wasn't a pitcher, so that was a big deal for me. But um, let's uh, let's pivot this conversation back to uh, college football because I think this is what most okay. people want to hear about. Um, so with uh, college football, uh, do we want to start with BYU or Utah? Uh, let's start out with Utah since they had a week off. Okay. So, um, uh, Utah, we mentioned it earlier, playing Washington State in Pullman. Washington State's coming off a close loss against, close loss against USC. Um, and this is, this is going to be a tough matchup for, uh, Utah. The Washington State's defense is still really good despite losing a lot of key players like, uh, Matafa from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they still got... Uh, a lot of returning players, so I expect Utah's offense to get punished unless they can learn from their mistakes, uh, complete the passes. If Huntley can stay composed in the pocket, uh, get the ball to to Moss. If they can do those things, um, they'll have a much better showing against Washington State at Pullman. Pullman's not an easy place to play, and so uh, I, I expect Utah's defense to come through, score a couple points. But uh, unless Utah's offense can get it going, uh, it's going to be a tough, a tough uh, game for for the Utes. So let's take a look at um, kind of the key matchups. Uh, you you talked a little bit about offense. That's really big for Utah because Utah literally hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in the last two games. In, in any football game, the key to winning is keeping your defense off the field. Yeah. If they can stay off the field, be rested, so that when they do have to come on, they can play 100%, you'll win that game. Defenses win championships. Uh, Utah's got an amazing defense, but they're not going to do squat if they have to stay on the field for 80% of the game. Um, so Utah, yeah, like you said, uh, Utah's offense needs to do something. So let's talk about um, Utah's defense, and specifically the front seven. Against Washington State. So Washington State, 
uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the team, uh, coached by um, Mike Leach, who uh, he's probably my spirit animal. Oh, he's ab- he's everyone's spirit animal. He's awesome. I, I love Mike Leach, um, but he coaches an up tempo spread offense that's going to throw the ball, you know, 40, 50 times a game. Uh, they're going to try and spread you out. And they're going to make a lot of really tough throws against you. And they're not scared to turn the ball over. Um, But the starting quarterback, Gardner Minshew, let's take a look at these stats. He's a senior, uh, transferred him, I believe, from ECU. He's completing 71% of his passes, has 1,547 passing yards through four games, and 11 passing touchdowns. That's crazy. Okay. Um, And he's thrown... Uh, at least two touchdowns in every game um, and at least 300 yards in every wow. game that he's played this year. And fun fact, uh, on the bench at quarterback is another local kid, uh, Cameron Cooper, if you guys remember him yeah. from last year. But anyway. Yeah, he was a stud at Lehigh, led Lehigh to the state championship game. Yeah, so that's the kind of quarterbacks they have at this school. If you, if you Yeah, so Gardner Minshew is just shredding defenses. Uh, he's led... Um, Washington State to a 3-1 and record so far. Granted, they played Wyoming, San Jose State, Eastern Washington, and USC. So no real world beaters, including USC on that, just because USC's kind of struggled, which they do every year. Yeah. Yeah, but USC struggles early on most years, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a tear through the Pac-12 South um, as they make adjustments throughout the season. But this isn't to diminish the teams that Washington State's played, because even Eastern Washington's still a really good team. It's a top FCS school. So um, take – Take that with a grain of salt. Washington State is shredding these teams. They're good teams, but you know maybe not as good as they have been in the past. Right. So Utah's defense. You would you say that they're probably the test, maybe the hardest defense that they'll play thus far? I think so. Well, I think that it might be the best one that um, they'll play all season. I mean, th- wow. I think USC has a really good defense, um, but I think Utah's front seven is really, really good. Yeah. I think Chase Hansen's really, really good. Yeah. Cameron Smith is a stud for USC. Yeah. Porter Gustin's a stud for USC. But I think Chase Hansen, yeah. I'm really high on Chase Hansen. I think he I might agree. be the best linebacker in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking the Chase Hansen Kool-Aid. <laughs> if he stays healthy this season, he's probably going to go in, the, in with what he's shown so far, yeah. the first two rounds of the draft. He yeah. dominated the game against Northern Illinois. He single-handedly won it for Utah. Yeah. Um, he dominated um, against Washington um, in a game where like, uh, where, where Utah lost Lucky Foto and, and um, Marquise Blair. Marquise Blair. Yeah, and so they're going to be without those guys for the first half. So Chase Hansen's really going to need to step up. The corners are going to need to step up. Um Gidry and uh, Julian Blackman are going to need to make big plays in order for this team to stay competitive early in this first half because they're going to be without Lucky Foto yeah. and they're going to be without Marquise Blair, who's like lays down the hammer at the safety position. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a test. And if sure. this Utah front seven with Bradley and I, um, with Cody Barton, with uh, Chase Hansen, if these guys are able to generate some pressure yeah. and kind of contain Minshew. Um, I think it's Utah's game. I, I I agree with you. And the more I talk about it, the more I actually I believe in this Utah defense. I mean, you we talked about the front seven, Bradley and I, um, Tonga, like all these guys, like they're so good. And 
one of them's got to get pressure onto the quarterback. And if you do that, Julian Blackman, who was the uh, what was it, the Pac-12 MVP or no, the bowl game MVP mm-hmm. uh, last year, uh, he, they're great. Uh, they're great DBs, and uh, if we can get some pressure on them, I'm hoping that they can get some picks, and uh, that could be a game changer for sure. Uh, big test, yeah, Washington State. Um, should we move on to uh, BYU and BYU? Washington? Yeah, so yeah. this is a top 20 matchup. BYU's coming in at number 20. Uh, Washington's, Washington is coming in at number 11 yeah. um, after a uh, close win against Arizona State. Coached by Herm Edwards. Which is crazy. <laughs> um, just beat Utah last week. And what we saw last week in that game against Utah is that Washington's very beatable. Yeah. Um, I came into the season thinking that this Washington game might be BYU's toughest game of the season. I mean, it's sure. kind of sixes with Washington They've got and, a really and Wisconsin. Schedule anyways. BYU does have a tough schedule. Um, I just saw what Wisconsin did last year to BYU, and I think that would probably was the toughest game. But yeah. Um, I think that BYU matched up better with Wash- with Wisconsin this year than it sure. did last year. The physicality. But it might not be able to match up with Washington the same way because Washington has a lot more – The speed. A lot of really talented athletes. Um, yeah. Local guy, Ty Jones, yeah. uh, is, I believe, the leading receiver on that team. He was through three weeks. I love to check after uh, last week's game. But yeah. Jake Browning. He really scared me up until that game against Utah. <laughs> He's not the same quarterback like, he oh. was his freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. He, uh, I don't want to say overrated, but he is definitely not performing to the caliber he did last year. Last year he was a pretty deadly, accurate quarterback. And this year, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But well, I think Utah's defense was able to get some pressure. But I just I I don't think that he's the same quarterback that he once was. Yes. I know he's had some he's had to deal with some injuries, but like he was on track as like a freshman and sophomore to be like the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, um, he looked really good, and he at a time um, he was going to lead uh, Washington to a Pac-12 title and possibly into the playoff. Right. Um, he still has the talent around him to do that, but I don't think he can do that single-handedly like he was going to before. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm I'm excited to see what the BYU defense can do against this type of offense. Um, we showed that we could smash heads with the strongest of them, uh, a.k.a. Wisconsin. We out Wisconsin. Wisconsin is, was the, the big storyline a couple weeks ago. I want to see what we can do against uh, Washington's speed uh, off the edges, uh, especially at running back position. They've got a, a speedster. Um, what the freak is his name? I can't even remember it. I keep wanting to say Pettis. Miles Gaskin. Gaskin. That's yeah. Right. So let's talk about Gaskin because I think that's a key yeah. matchup for BYU. Um, so BYU showed that it was able to kind of shut down um, – Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin's Heisman hopeful running back, and kind of contain him. Um, Miles Gaskin, though, that's going to be a different challenge. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't, Miles Gaskin has always been. So, so, side note, I can't believe he's still on the team. Like, I swear he's been there for like. Oh, yeah, I swear he's been there forever. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, dude hasn't lost a step since I remember when he, when they played uh, Stanford. I think it was a couple years ago. It might have been last year. But uh, 
this dude was just running all over. And, like, Stanford's a good team. Um, they have some speedsters on the edges, but Gaskin's just a whole other beast. And I think uh, – I don't know what his stats are. I'll have to look them up. But um, Well, I think one thing that um, Washington's going to be able to do is spread the field vertically that Wisconsin wasn't able to do against BYU. Yeah. Um, and BYU has some key injuries. I mean – Dion Gunwalaku, he missed last he missed yesterday's game. He's been the best player on BYU's defense so far. He's a game changer because of his ability to tur- force turnovers. Um Austin Lee and Troy Warner are, you know, still getting it done back there, but Dion's a game changer. Yeah. Um did I don't think Butch Powu played. He did not he play, play against Wisconsin. Uh, um I don't think they But I don't him. believe he played and there's no reason to play him against an FCS team. Sure. Um but that's kind of a major loss um, if you're not able to have, uh, yeah, yeah, if you're not able to have these guys ready to go against Washington, especially with their athleticism. Um, you're gonna need every single dog, every single uh, cartridge in the ammunition, you know, everything ready to go for this game because this is a different challenge, especially um, you know traveling up to Seattle. Uh, it's gonna be a tough game for BYU. What's a what's Kyrus Tonga's status looking like? Is he Tonga, Tonga played yesterday? Um, I don't. I don't as far as I know, yeah, he played quite a bit. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think he's having any issues. Um, Good, because I think he will be key. He'll be key into disrupting that offensive line. Sione Taki Taki getting his reads. Yeah. He's been a revelation at linebacker. Oh, he's been. Great. Um, he's been awesome, and um, he's honestly, I think I think the other. <laughs> great key for or the other big key for BYU yeah. is the play of the offensive line. If this offensive line is able to create holes and just allow, avoid the gimmicks, sure. avoid these double pitches, avoid, yeah. you know, these flashy plays that you don't need to run. Right. Just run the ball down Washington's sound, throat. Sound football. When BYU sticks to its game plan of just running the ball and wearing out the defense, it dominates. And we saw it. We've seen it every single game. Yeah. Um, and we saw it against Cal. BYU went away from that game plan and just it struggled. Yeah. BYU struggled. But against uh, Wisconsin and McNeese State, um, sticking to that game plan and throwing in a few wrinkles but not anything too razzle-dazzle, right. not too much trickeration, BYU is able to stick to its game plan, move the ball, and be effective. Control the time of possession, control drives, and keep the defense off the field. I like it. I, th- I think I totally agree. I think if we can do that, we can get it done. Um, it's going to be a tough match. If you if BYU loses, though, is that a quality loss? Absolutely. It's a top 15 team. Yeah. Um, a team that's going to be competing for, you know, potentially go to the Rose Bowl for a Pac-12 North title. Yeah. Um, I, kind of an outside playoff contender at this point, but... I had no, th- I had no inkling that BYU would be in the top twenty-five. So, loss at Washington would be okay, but I'll tell you what: a win at Washington, I think it'll eclipse what happened in Wisconsin. It'll be mayhem. So I'm excited to see what happens, and as the week goes on, we'll find out a little bit more about each team and uh, what will happen on the weekend. And but as of right now, I'm freaking excited. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I'm really excited as well. Um, but uh, let's kind of pivot a little bit to uh, some pro football and uh, Zach's fantasy tip of the week. Uh, 
Alright guys, it's time for Zach's Fantasy Tip of the Week. This is completely 100% serious, despite what Sean Walker says. Um, that punk was punking me. Um, but let's talk a minute about uh, the Cleveland Browns. I'm all in on the Cleveland Browns in 2018, okay? I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. And these are my two tips, okay? Baker Mayfield is now the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Pick him up in your fantasy league. If maybe, especially if you're someone like me, who the starting quarterback was Jimmy Garoppolo, and he just blew his ACL. So uh, you know, first thing I'm doing with waiver wire Monday is picking up Baker Mayfield, another player on the Browns that I actually picked up, the rookie out of Florida, Antonio Antonio Callaway. Um, because I gave you the tip. Um, he had six points on Thursday. Uh, it's kind of his first game working in after Josh Gordon left the team. He was traded to the New England Patriots. But you're going to see a bigger role, especially um, Callaway didn't really get any action until the second half because, frankly, the Browns didn't have any passing game action until uh, the uh, uh, second half yeah. because um, Terod Taylor just kind of sucked. But, uh, yeah, those are my two picks my two tips for this week. Uh, go all in on the Cleveland Browns. All in. Um, just don't go 100% all in because we, we can never trust Hugh Jackson. But this hey, is. If Baker's making the calls instead of yeah, you. Yeah, Baker's I'm a solid in. team, okay? <laughs> Baker is a solid team. Um, and so he's a solid pick. I'm going with him. Um, and uh, I, rec- I recommend that you guys do too. He's going to be my starting quarterback. Moving forward, and if anyone in my league is listening to this, please, 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 especially if you're ahead of me on the waiver wire, don't claim him because I really need a quarterback. I'm <laughs> literally down to my last hope because I only have one quarterback on my roster. Who's your quarterback? It's Jimmy G. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he just okay. blew out his ACL. So let me, can I talk quarterbacks for yeah, just a Yeah, let's talk quarterbacks. While you're, while you're looking at stuff or whatever. Um, okay, so week one. So, in the, okay, in the draft in my league, um, I picked up Cam Newton, and then I, my backup quarterback was um, uh, the uh, Falcons quarterback, Matt. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of his name? Matty Ice. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, yes. Week one I had uh, Cam Newton and Matt Ryan, and I planned to keep Cam Newton in pretty much the whole year, season, except for my bye week. Uh, but Matt Ryan freaking sucked on week one. And so I dropped him and picked up Fitzpatrick, who's been riding my bench and getting me all kinds of points on my bench. It's been awful. Uh, so I dropped Matt Ryan. Tonight, he picked up 40 fantasy points. Oh, goodness. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Week three. So week one, I dumped this guy. Week three, he comes with 40 points. I feel sick. That's just that's fantasy football to a T. Yeah, like, I didn't start Jordy Nelson, and he scored 30 points. Ugh. Um, I started Antonio Callaway instead. I would have won my game. Yeah. Um, if I did this, and that's just how fantasy football works. So I feel sick. So quarterbacks. Okay, you obviously got to drop Jimmy G. If you, if Matty, if uh, Matt Ryan is uh, available, he's not. Unfortunately. He's not. Okay. So uh, I don't know what you're gonna do because with Fitzpatrick, he's on my bench. Rumor has it that I might have to go to Ryan Tannehill or Dak Prescott. Tannehill had a pretty good. Yeah, he scored twenty six points. Yeah, or this, but week, I'm so. not going to trust him. I mean, yeah. Miami is three and zero. Is it fool's gold? It's three weeks into the season. We can't really tell sure. yet. Um, 
But let's uh, let's move on to uh, our other new favorite segment. <laughs> it's Hema's movie time. Boom. And uh, let's uh, let's hear what movies Hema's been watching that he has to recommend to us. sure what movie that's from because i haven't seen it <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> i would no, not be surprised i'm just kidding i've seen it star wars guys. um no i i don't remember if i talked about this last part but i finally finally saw infinity you did i talked about you that. did yeah okay good my next goal is to watch soul i haven't seen Solo yet. is it on netflix yet is it i don't know I'm, I, I know it's like yeah. Um, so that's my next goal. Uh, that's my next goal. In the meantime, I've been spending a lot of time watching. So I don't have a movie. I okay. haven't seen a movie. Yet. That's fine. That's fine. But I have a TV show that I'm really into. And a podcast that I just started. The TV show that I'm watching is Ozark. Have you finished season two yet? I haven't finished it. Okay. I think I'm in episode like seven. So okay. So I, fin- so I started watching Ozark. Did you finish it? I finished it. Okay. Um, I started way before uh, you did, and you ended up finishing I don't have before. kids yet, so um, I'm eight weeks away, so I'm just like watching as much stuff as I can in those eight weeks before the kid comes, so um, I'm, I can be up to date. Uh, if, if you I'm haven't seen Ozark, watch it. It's on Netflix. Binge the first two seasons. The first, season, the first episode is one of the best pilots I've seen. And I say this about like a lot of TV sure. shows. It's one of the best pilots I've seen. I was drawn in. I was hooked from the get-go. It's really good. Is it an hour long? I don't know. Long episodes. Some, some of them are. Um, some of them are like an hour and like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I, f- I, have, I feel like the first episode of each season is like an hour long. But it flies by because it's so good. This show, um, Jason Bateman... I think he like co-wrote it or something. He's the director and he's the producer. co-creator and the producer and the writer. Oh, insane! But he had and this, he stars in it. Yeah, and he's the main character. I guess he had this like premise or whatever like five years ago, and he pitched it to a bunch of places, and no one wanted it or whatever. And Netflix. Hurrah for Netflix! Yeah, Netflix is like sure we'll do it, and it's amazing. It's like Breaking Bad. Yes. Um, it's it's like Breaking Bad. That's all I'm gonna it, say. It's very Breaking Bad esque. It's also about drugs. Yeah. Well, it's more about laundering. So Jason Bateman's. It's about the business side of things yes. rather than like the distribution and creation. I, I feel manufacturing like, of drugs. Uh, the only the biggest difference I think between the two shows, if you ha- if you've seen Breaking Bad, is uh, Breaking Bad is kind of more of like a big character arc. Yeah. Whereas Ozark... You're thrown in right from the beginning. Yeah. Ozark is... You're kind of just in the middle of it. Yeah. There's not really a character arc like Breaking Bad in it. Well, there is. And we'll get to that. Have I? Am I not there yet? Maybe we won't get to it. Okay. Okay. There's major character development in this show still. Okay. Not quite to the same point as Walter White. Um... Because, well, like, with Walter White, it's like, 
you know what the show's about. Yeah. You know where he's going to be. You know who he is. You know where he's going to be. But the journey from going from chemistry teacher with cancer to drug lord is has all these twists and turns. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's happening. Yeah. Um, Jason Bateman's character is kind of just. You're starting 10 years into this journey that he's had. Yes. As someone who's working with the cartel, laundering their money. And he's like very cerebral, kind of like Walter White is, but it's it's more of a, uh, I don't know. He Instead of becoming the, like, instead of driving the plot, more or less, he kind of has to, like, pivot a bunch of different times. Yeah. And, like, get, his, get himself out of a jam. Well, it's like the times. whole reason the show is happening is because sure. he gets himself into a jam after things go smooth for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he, uh, I really enjoyed season one. Season two was really good and it had a great ending. Oh, okay. Um, and how many you're going to like it? I can yes. tell you that right now. Okay. Um, I only have like three or four episodes left, so yeah, you're <laughs> I, getting there. I'm so get there. it's really good. Um, Ozark is really, really good guys. Uh, the only, the only thing I will say, um, is if, if you've seen Arrested Development, <laughs> It's going to be really hard to get past that bridge. And, you and I haven't watched it. Arrested yeah. Development yet. That's one of my next shows. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, maybe that's what I'm going to start watching. Because okay. um, I started watching uh, Kidding. It's the new Jim Carrey oh, is that show. Good? It's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, he basically plays like a Mr. Rogers type It's very serious. Show. It's right. very serious, but like his life is falling apart. It's supposed to be funny, but... Um, he's supposed to like keep up this facade. It's a very dark show, but like, it's good that like, you know, these people that we deify, like still have demons and, you know, things going on behind the scenes in their life that we might not necessarily know about. And it's like Jim Carrey's coming to grips with, you know, all these dark things going on in his life. Yeah. That's really cool. I'll really have to get So I've seen two of the four episodes that have come out so far on that. Um, so, so. Arrested Development, Jason Bateman's also in that. And mm-hmm. he kind of plays like a similar type character where he's like very cerebral, very witty, kind of dry. And that's the same character in Ozark. So it was kind of a little, it was a little hard for me to get past. Okay. I would just start laughing because it'd be this serious moment in Ozark, but it really reminded me of Arrested Development. Yeah. So that's that's the show I'm watching right now. Well, how about the podcast? The podcast is really good. It's I just discovered it. Um, it's called Wolverine the Long Night. If you like comic book movies, this podcast is actually made by Marvel. Oh, cool. And it's literally like you're listening to a TV show. Interesting. Because uh, sometimes- So we, do they have voice actors and stuff? Yes. Oh, cool. So we, we both commute a lot, me yeah. and Zach. And uh, sometimes I'll watch my shows like in the car, but I'll listen to it. Yeah. The problem is there will be some serious plot points that you are visual and you'll miss it because right. you're not watching it. Right. Well- it's the same thing. It's like you're listening to a TV show, except that they'll very cleverly in the script, like find a way to, yeah, yeah tell to you the plot point. It. That's cool. It's really cool. They got voice actors, sound effects. Uh, it's really well written. Each episode is like 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and they're only up to episode three. So I've only seen up, listened up to episode three, unless you have a thing called Stitcher premium, which I have no idea how much it is or whatever. But if you have Stitcher Premium, you can sign up for a free trial, and you can um, binge the entire season. Oh, cool! Which is really cool. That sounds cool. Um, speaking of podcasts, another show uh, that just came back, Serial, is back for season it's three. Serial's Se- wow. back, and um, instead of analyzing one case, uh, this season's pretty cool. They went to Cleveland, and they're in the Cleveland courthouse, and they're analyzing different cases. 
um, and like how the criminal justice system works and if it's working in the city of Cleveland. And the way they're doing it is very different than previous seasons. Yeah. Is it kind of like more of a smaller scale? Like it'll go through each case like, mm-hmm. per episode instead yeah. of the entire season? Yeah. And they said that some cases will take like two or three episodes. Okay. Some episodes they'll do two or three cases in one episode. So it just kind of depends. The first two episodes were very well done. Um, I really enjoyed them so far. I listened to them both on Friday. Um, But speaking of Marvel Comics, uh, Wolverine, one of the best superheroes. Have you seen Logan? Yes. Okay, that was one of my favorite movies that came out last year. Yeah. Um, I don't think it got the recognition it deserves because it was a comic book movie. That's true. It was also rated R, wasn't it? True. Which is like, it was kind of a big thing was was it the first one well after deadpool okay deadpool deadpool came out first mm-hmm. okay but logan it was like how i imagined every single like wolverine cameo in any movie ever yeah to that how it should have been yeah because like in like x-men instead of stabbing them in the face he would like punch them yeah right it's so stupid. Yeah. But in Logan, he's like literally clawing people's faces off. Yeah. Is what like a film adaption of the movie The Last of Us, which is okay. like one of my favorite video games would be like. Um, and so seeing Hugh Jackman in that role was yeah. really cool. And I think that he'd actually make a really good uh, case for that main role for The Last okay. of Us. And I think they actually are making are um, they really? a TV series based on it. Oh, let me tell you. So, or maybe it's Uncharted. I think it's Uncharted. They're making a, a okay, Nathan Drake Uncharted. TV series, uh, which is made by gonna, the same yeah. uh, video game developers. I was going to say, because if they do The Last of Us in a movie, is Ellen Page going to be in it? Have you seen that whole thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> How she looks exactly like the girl yeah. on that show. Yeah, um, and they're, they are releasing The Last of Us 2 next year. Um, so if that's the case, maybe yeah. that's what it'll be. So, um. Yeah, I th- I really enjoyed the movie Logan. I'm um, sorry that was kind of a little bit of a pivot, but uh, yeah, if you guys haven't listened, so it was Wolverine. It's called the Long Wolverine, Night. The Long Night. Okay, so check that really out. Cool. Check out um, Ozark if you haven't yet. Check yeah. out Kidding. I really have enjoyed that so far. Uh, if you guys have Showtime, that's yeah. where it's with. Um, check out Serial, the podcast. Season um, three. Season three of Serial. Yeah. Seasons, if you haven't even. Don't, don't listen to season two. Season one's really good. Season one's season two's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, this is big news for the KSL Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Boom. Let's hear it. Guess what I found out is on Hulu now. What? Malcolm in the Middle. Are you serious? Yeah. So after going off of Netflix, oh, it's cool. owned by Fox, which Fox which owns Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. yeah. Um, they decided to put the episodes on. I don't know when. Um, oh, okay. but so it's not on yet. No, no, no. I don't know when it, how long it's been on. It's on though. Oh, I've been watching is it Malcolm every in the Middle. Season? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I gotta, yeah. Okay. Because I was going to go buy the whole box set. <laughs> Until they put it on there. With, of a UK DVD set because they don't sell a US set. They don't have a US set here? Nope. That show's a national treasure. Yeah. It's one of the best shows that Fox has produced. You can't find it anywhere. It's impossible to find online. Wow. Hulu has it though. Awesome. Hulu has it. Hulu's coming through clutch. Yes. Shout out to Fox. Shout out to Hulu. Shout out to Malcolm in the Middle. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Um, I freaking love that show. Uh, and it makes me happy that it's back. But I almost forgive them for uh, dropping Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Almost. Almost. But um, I think that wraps it for uh, t- 
tonight's episode of the KSL Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Yeah, to everyone who's the, uh, still uh, listening with us, it's an hour 15 holy that we're going. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Um, give us uh, some feedback. Uh, reach out to us through Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Um, we love to hear feedback, anything that you guys think that we can do to make this show better. Because um, we want to make it better for you guys. Yeah, so, we like uh, doing it. And we enjoy doing it. It's, uh, it's a nice break from... Um, the all the happened. stresses of this job. Uh, not many people realize this, but this is a very stressful job. So it's killing us, literally. Yeah, it's literally killing us. So uh, yeah, leave us uh, leave us a review on iTunes, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, Anchor. Um, subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, get the word out because we want to want to make this big. Yeah. So end this uh, end of this year, I think we're gonna start having like merch and stuff like that. And we'll give it away at like games and things like that. So uh, stay tuned for that. So if you guys ever see us at a game, yeah, hit us up. Yep. Um, so thanks for listening. <coughs> I'm your host, as always, Hemahimuli Jr. <laughs>